Great to see you. Dave Cole, CEO, EMX Royalty Corporation here. We trade on the New York Stock Exchange. We trade on the Toronto Stock Exchange. We trade a few shares in Germany every once in a while. We love to accumulate royalties around the world. We do that in the metal space, dominantly copper, gold, lead, zinc, silver, cobalt, nickel. What did I leave out? And we do that via two mechanisms through the organic growth of a royalty portfolio by execution of the prospect generation business model, where we acquire large tracts of prospective mineral rights, add value, sell them for cash payments, share payments, and royalties. We also buy royalties to augment that portfolio. We've been doing this for 19 years. How are you? I haven't seen you since I haven't spoken to you since August. Um, you've been a little bit busy since we last spoke, so I thought it's time for a catch up. Uh, definitely. Uh, did you have a good uh, Christmas and uh, break? Sure did. Yep. Spent some time with the family. Always nice. Always good. Okay. Well, you, you're back into the thick of it. And, and I think lots of um, people, lots of questions, and I know you're doing the rounds as well. So um, I don't want to say going to cover old ground here, but I want to kind of get into um, the, the the thinking uh, of what is to come. So you, for a long time, were perceived purely as prospect generator, not a lot happening on the royalty front. It was kind of more of the same. And then you made some big moves um, towards the end of last year. Uh, still happy? Super happy. And um, I would beg to differ a little bit, if you don't mind me just adding in some detail there. The uh, We've purchased royalties as part of our business model for a long time. We bought the royalty on the Carlin trend, for example, when we bought Bullion Monarch. We um, uh, purchased the royalty to augment the portfolio that we grew organically that covers the big discovery um, in Serbia that I'm sure you're going to want to ask questions about because everyone's asking me questions about that right now. It's very timely. So we've always been a purchaser of royalties and an accumulator of royalties through execution of the prospect generation, what we call royalty generation model. So that's nothing new. What, what is new is that we found two fairly large transactions that we were able to complete on that met our valuation criteria in quick succession. Uh, so it was not a change in our business approach. It was rather fortuitous that these two landed in quick succession. It's right down the alley of what we've been doing for many years. But it, 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 may, it may in your mind have been that. But for the, for the market, and looking at your share price for a long time, for you know, 16, 17, 18, yeah, it, it, it was flat because there was a certain pace to it. I'm saying you've injected uh, some adrenaline into, into the mix here, and mm-hmm. you've gone big. You were sitting on a big cash pile for a long time, doing nothing with it. And you've gone and spent it, right? So that's what that's what I mean about this. There's, right. There is a change in that sense. There's a change in ambition, quite frankly. I mean, do you look at it like that? So um, I, the, I can understand completely why it would look that way from the outside looking in. I know from internally what we were doing uh, does not feel that way. So ever, ever since we liquidated the Russia strategic investment, which was a cash infusion of 68.x million USD into our treasury, we said that we want to deploy those monies buying cash flowing royalties and other accretive transactions. We had a couple of base hits, smaller transactions where we deployed some of that capital. And of course, we're always funding our organic growth, which is our hedgehog, that royalty generation. Whilst we were continuing to look for larger transactions and, and there were many transactions that we bid on and lost because we don't bid to the same extreme as many of our competitors do and many that we just simply passed on um, and it reminds me of what Warren Buffett says, there's no called strikes in investing. Uh, we're happy to stand at the plate, say, throw us another pitch. Uh, and we did find two pitches that we wanted to hit, swing at and hit, and, and uh, we're very pleased with those transactions. 
And we did deploy the monies that we had and then more uh, uh, by leveraging up. I'm fine with leveraging an investment when it produces immediate cash flow. Well, absolutely. Um, it, it's, it's front and center at that, that point, rather than, again, waiting for cash flows further down the line, because there's a, that's a different sort of conversation um, to have. But mm-hmm. let, me, let me come back to this, because I've been asking uh, mm-hmm. royalty CEOs the same question, which is and because they make the same claims. We buy well. We are mm-hmm. smart investors. We buy cheap. We pay less than other people. You always, they all say the same thing, right? So um, I'm going to ask you to define what, what, how, how do you judge that? What are you looking for? Why did these two deals get over the line when the others that you bid on haven't? I would, let's talk about the SSR portfolio first. That was sure. the larger of the two transactions. Yep. And um, I think that uh, the reason why we were able to win that, uh, one, I'd like to point out that we actually are the ones that, 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 that encouraged SSR to put that out. Uh, we wanted to bid without going through a process. Of course, their board said, well, we have to go through. We'd be happy to sell to EMX. We'd be happy to have EMX equity as part of that transaction. We want to be exposed to their upside. We want to be exposed to their generative side of their business as well. So there's a lot of synergies there that ultimately resulted in this. But they wanted it to go through process to make sure they got a fair price, which, you know, that, that that's all well and good. And ultimately, we won the process um, and we won it because they believed in our equity. So okay, uh, that, that's a key point. Yeah. But- the reason why we were able to get a much better internal rate of return based upon our modeling the future cash flows from that portfolio than we could in other transactions that are being bid way out of way out of any realm of reasonableness is because the assets are in Turkey. And I think that many of my competitors are reluctant to go to Turkey. Um, Turkey has some headline economic issues with devaluation of the currency, et cetera. And we actually um, uh, know the players in Turkey. We know the counterparty here. Uh, we have uh, uh, employees and consultants of our company that have close working relationships with them. And we have a continued relationship through SSR now as a shareholder who are joint venture partners with Lydia, et cetera. So we feel very comfortable with this. Uh, we have been working, and I personally have been working in Turkey uh, for quite some time. Um, I was the exploration manager of the Turkish business unit for, for Newmont Mining Corporation before I left to found EMX Royalty Corporation. So, you know, and, 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 and so I, I think that we were able to capture some inefficiency and, and we've talked about that inefficiency before, right? I, I believe that political risk is fully, if not overvalued in the marketplace, whereas technical risks, engineering risks, geologic risk, metallurgical risk are commonly undervalued in the marketplace. And that does create an, an inefficiency that can be captured. And I believe that we did that in this particular transaction um, and happy to augment our, our existing Turkish portfolio. So that's one of the reasons why we were able to get that one across the line. So I think that answers the question with respect to, to the SSR portfolio. Right. And then let's talk about the other one now. I might as well get that over, package that up together. Yes. And, 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 you know, you're going to have to pay up for a currently cash flowing copper uh, royalty in a top tier country such as Chile, which has Chile has its own issues, right? <laughs> the the uh, everywhere in the world has issues for the extractive industries. Let's be honest, and you know we view this as a thirty year bond that pays in pounds of copper. Uh, the official mine life is seventeen years, but there's the, the footprint of the royalty is large. There's alteration systems. The geologists that are within us all are very excited about the long term exploration potential here. We see this as an asset that will produce for decades, decades into the future. 
with upside uh, production upside from the existing infrastructure, um, in addition to the possibility of further mine expansion in the future. So, uh, you know, of course, we have to pay up a little bit for that, but look at what bonds trade for. And uh, you know they're obscene valuations. So this this is a cash flow of copper. We're very bullish copper. Hard not to be bullish copper. I don't anybody who's not bullish copper isn't looking at what's going on in the world today. And uh, we love to have that current cash flow and that exposure to a long-lived producing copper mine in Chile. Right. Okay. I'm actually going to ask you now to talk about Serbia too, because what I want to do, I want to package up, I want to have a conversation about risk okay. uh, and, and dis- discounting sure. risk and how you view risk as geologists, but and, and and possibly how you view different jurisdictional risks, because it's re- it's really really important here. Because mm-hmm. yeah, well let's have the, let's have that chat because I'm going to have some, some good questions yeah. and probably some good conversation too. So Serbia, Tim, Mark, things haven't quite worked out how you expected. Um, so what's going on there? Arbitration looks like likely. Yeah, and um, let's let's go back to the very beginning and understand how we got into Serbia, uh, and how we ended up with the royalty portfolio that we have through the team of Magmatic Complex, which is the largest copper and gold producing region historically in Europe, and the Timok project specifically uh, is the largest ever discovered copper gold deposit in the history of Europe, and is now uh, just now coming into production. We came into Serbia after the Balkan Wars. Uh, we became the first foreign company to be granted exploration licenses uh, in 40 or more years. Uh, we, we did what we do as part and parcel of our business model on the organic side. You know, we added value. We sold it for cash shares and royalties. We sold that to Reservoir. Reservoir went on, did a transaction with Freeport, and uh, they made a discovery um, on the Brestovac East license just off the border of the license where we had a royalty. And uh, we had our ear to the railroad track. We understood what was going on there. And we were able to purchase the existing royalty that Euromax held quite inexpensively. So we bought that royalty for 200,000 Canadian dollars uh, very early in the discovery history. And uh, so that augmented our existing royalty portfolio within the district, which we still have. and. Uh, the, the royalty was written in a very strange way uh, because the license that Euromax had used to be a Freeport license. And when Freeport formed a joint venture with Reservoir, and they said, we'll work on this license that you have acquired or are about to acquire from Euromax, as they will have also acquired the licenses from then Eurasian Minerals, which is now EMX Royalty Corporation, um, and advance the, the district scale opportunities there. Um, and so that, that royalty agreement, which is filed on CDAR, so you can read it, everybody listening to this can read that, they can download that document and read it for themselves. It had the ability for the royalty to be diluted by Freeport in, in a pro rata manner relative to the amount of direct project equity that they earned. Um, and uh, our interpretation is that they never diluted that. And that's based upon strong legal advice that we have been given. And we stand by that. We believe it's a 0.5% royalty. Does not surprise me at all that the counterparty, any, any major mining counterparty would try their very best to figure out how that royalty would be diluted because it's worth a whole heap load pile of money. And so um, um, another beautiful thing about that royalty agreement is that rather than it being a lawsuit and a long protracted court case, it goes to binding arbitration in British Columbia. British Columbia, of course, is a signatory, as are all the provinces in Canada and the United States and Serbia and China are signatory to the 
New York Arbitration Convention, also called the New York Convention, which says that binding arbitration that's settled in any member state is applicable across all other member states. Uh, and so binding arbitration uh, is usually you know, easily implemented, uh, and we will go through that process and vigorously support our 0.5%. The, uh, the other side, Xinjiang, completely recognizes the existence of the royalty, and they have taken the, the view that it was diluted to the most possible, which was down to a 0.125% royalty, which is 75% dilution. We believe that that is simply not the case. And uh, we will vigorously pursue that. Um, I'll point out, we paid 200,000 Canadian dollars. So even if this were in the worst case scenario, uh, settled at 0.125, which we do not expect, it would be a massive financial win for us uh, because this royalty will pay substantially as the global resource is nearly 2 billion tons at nearly or just over 1% copper equivalent. So th this is a huge deposit. It's going to be in production for decades into the future. Even at a 0.125%, it's a massive win for us. Uh, at 0.5%, it's a flat-out company maker. Uh, we feel our odds are very high. Right, but, but 0.125 is not as promised uh, for your shareholders, right? So you, you, you believe strongly, vigorously, however you want to catch it, that you are right and Zinjin are chancelling their arm. Is, is that, is that, that seems to be how you're kind of catching this, right? I, I think that with, with, it'd be really useful to understand the arbitration process. I get, I get where, where it yeah. sits. Who is the arbitrator? So is it just a set of new yeah. uh, BC, BC lawyers who are both sides agree to? Yep. So it follows the uh, British Columbia arbitration um, protocols. We pick an arbitrator. They pick an arbitrator. Those two arbitrators pick a third. If they're not capable of doing that, the point the court appoints one. Then those three go at it and they review all the different information and each side pays their pro rata fees. Um, and then they tell us how it is. BC is a small, I'm, small, I'm simplifying it. Yeah, 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 just a bit. But the, 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 process, the process will take between six and 12 months in Got most it. cases, eight or nine. Right, and not therefore not expensive either. We're not talking vastly less expensive than a lawsuit. Sure, and, and BC is a small province. Does everyone know everyone? What's the chances of actually getting getting a a, a proper result here? I I I think high, well educated folks in British Columbia with the altruistic viewpoint uh, uh, that like to follow the law. I, I I I can't imagine a better venue. Would you be happy with uh, 0.25? You told me you're happy with 0.125. Would you be happy with uh, 0.25? So I'd be double happy 0.25 and 0.125. <laughs> right, but again, it's, it's not it's not as promised. And you know, those sorts of things drive share price, etc. You know. So, so let's go back to the promise thing. Um, so this, it, it, it's been well documented that uh, this royalty had the ability to be diluted. Um, in our materials, and of course, the the agreement itself is filed on CDAR. But but for some um, financial recompense, right? There would have been some cash element for that, at least. Is that, is that how it gets diluted? How how could it have been diluted previously? So the way that the royalty was to have been diluted, if it would have been diluted, was through direct project expenditure by Freeport and only Freeport, and um, that direct project expenditure in exchange for project equity. Uh, never occurred. It occurred at a subsidiary level, and that uh, is specifically disallowed in the document. And feel free to read the document yourself. Okay, so uh, right. So you're you're saying it, it did happen, but at a subsidiary level, which, in you, according to you and your interpretation of the document, that was not allowed for. Correct. Okay. 
That'd be interesting. Okay. And not just my interpretation, but uh, the, the interpretation of our legal advisors. Right. We love lawyers. You pay them enough, yeah. they'll think whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I did like, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a big issue and, and, and a, you know, uh, but I, I, yeah. as you're suggesting, if even if you did end up, you know, um, honors even on it and you did split it down the middle, it's still, it's still a decent contribution to you. Can I just say, just oh, come, can I come back to SSR then, right? Okay. Yes. You, you talked about a couple of, couple of things there. Obviously, um, you've got to, you've got to take a view. Let's, let's do it with Chile first. Easy, nice, easy one. Uh, Chile, uh, has been through a political, uh, process. And, you know, lots of, you know, wild statements put out there by some of the candidates um, about the fact that they're going to tax Chilean copper producers, producers, 80%, right? They, they are going for the jugular on that one. I think it's widely accepted that that perhaps was a bit outlandish and the, and the process they're going through on the um, yeah. re rewriting of the constitution would suggest that there, there, was, some, there was some uplift in the, in the, in the tax, but not to those sorts of levels, more in line with Australia or so, right? So, you, but you've had to take a view on Chile as a destination. Is, is that is that kind of broadly your 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 view um, on Chile? We see the risks there. Uh, we think that they are uh, uh, real in some regard, but probably over dramatized uh, by media. And of course, there's saber rattling going on. That's not unusual. Uh, and it, you know, it, it's always unfortunate when governments attack the extractive industries. Extractive industries, unlike a factory that makes blue jeans that can move to any country that they want to move to, the extractive industries have to work with the resource as it exists in the ground. And so that makes us uh, more sitting ducks for, for this type of behavior on behalf of governments. It's always disappointing, but I'll point out that it's not uncommon throughout the world. And this is one of the battles that uh, the the extractive industries need to face is to better educate the public. Our contribution, our critical contribution to society. And, um, you know, we're not just uh, um, bad guys raping the earth for profit. So we're providing the world with key components for our lives. No, I, 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 I get all that. I get all of that. I, I want to I focus on, on, on you and your shareholders okay. here, okay, Sorry. rather than the big picture yep. of selling mining as, 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 as good sure, guys, sure, right? Sure. So yep. let, let, let's now, let's pop back back up to um, uh, the, 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 other, the other deal that you did there, which is, you know, again, you got to have, you because of your history in Turkey, you feel that you, that's like another country, you know, another jurisdiction that, you know, but you've had to take mm -hmm. a view on, on that, and you've, I think you've outlined and explained perhaps why you feel a bit more comfortable there than other people might, right? So mm -hmm. collectively, you know, we've got Turkey, we've got Chile, um, you know, and we've we've got you know the the uh, Timokashi with um, in Serbia, right? So jurisdictional risk, different sorts of uh, risk, but you you've taken a view. Did you factor that into the price that you paid? Well, obviously, for, sorry, not Serbia, but because that's cheapest chips. But it, you know, have you factored into the Chile uh, purchase price for the Turkish purchase price, or is this all come as a surprise and you're you're now having to sort of maybe discount and reassess your value on those assets? 100% the risks are factored in. Right. These are all risks that we're very well aware of. And this is a game of risk management. And this is one of the great aspects of being a royalty investor with a global portfolio in that there's substantial diversification. There's political risk diversification, 
geological terrain diversification, uh, you know, on and on and on, commodity diversification, all of which we believe in. We believe that having a diversified portfolio and all these different aspects is very important. And uh, are these risk factors taken into our analysis by a bunch of seasoned professionals that have worked their entire careers in the mining industry? Uh, the answer is emphatically yes. Yeah, but you're facing SSR off. You're facing off against SSR, and they're going, "Come on, Dave. He works in the country. You know it's bullshit. We're not going to. We're not going to have any kind of discount here. This is the price we think it's worth. You got to pay this price because there are other people willing to step up and 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 do this. They're kind of being just, "Hey, Dave's a good guy. He's worked in Turkey." The 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 conversation, the the the, the negotiation must have been harder than that. What were you pushing? What were they pushing? So the negotiation, you know, actually, because it was a process, the competition is with the other folks that are paying, not so much a competition against uh, in a negotiation with SSR. It's more of a competitive bidding process. And then, you know, who has the best looking bid at the end of the day? And, and the key component, we were not the highest headline number the way I've been uh, told. Uh, a key component here was the EMX equity piece that SSR wanted and specifically said they must have in order to make this deal happen. And that's because they wanna be a participant in our continued re-rate and the growth of the portfolio that we have built over the last two decades and will continue to build. Okay, so um, so, so let's look at that because that's interesting to me because um, yep. you know someone offering more cash, then of the day you're, you're you know, you'd be a royalty holder. You're not going to, you know, change the way that they they go at running their business. Um, but the equity, the EMX equity component was interesting to them because they 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 valued that higher than, you know, the the, the cash equivalent from from others. That 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 that's what you're saying, right? And and, and why why I think this is important. Why why this is important, Dave, is because potentially, if you're looking at this another way, sometimes when companies sell things, that and they take equity, uh, it's an overhang. It's like they're going to be, you know, yes. people think, oh man, I'm going to be selling this down. They're going to be selling this down. As soon as that four month hold comes off or whatever hold period comes off, they're going to be selling this thing down. And I've got a year of pressure there. You're saying they aren't that kind of company. They've, they've not articulated that to us in any way, shape, or form. They never do, but you, you, which comes back to the, why take equity, not cash? They specifically said that they had to have that share component in order to get this deal done. And, um, um, you know, we look to them as a long-term partner of ours mm -hmm. uh, and hope that we, in the short term and long term, will continue to do more deal flow with that. Okay. Interesting. It's, it's, we have an 18, 19-year track record for them to look at. And uh, they know the kind of projects we generate around the world, and, and they're the kind of company that like to acquire projects. Right. Okay. There's a bit of risk conversation. There's lots of other risk conversations we can have about that, but I just want to, you know, want to talk about that. Okay. These are, man, I got to point out, you know, you ask great questions. And uh, a lot of people um, fail to understand that, that the, the complexity and the degree of risks that there are within this sector and the risks are multiplicative. And so when you ask, do the, are these risks taken into account when we do our analysis? Yeah, the answer is absolutely yes. Um, and by a team of seasoned professionals. And it doesn't mean we always get it right. It does not mean that we always get it right. Uh, I feel comfortable with these two transactions at this point in time. But, um, you know, let's see how it plays out over the course of the next 10 years. In, in, indeed. And, you know, and, and therein lies the rub with, you know, royalty and streaming companies. And it takes some time for these things to play out and, and uh, for us yeah. to actually go, wow, they called it right or they didn't call it right. Do you know what I mean? So I think, I think it's worth sort of dig, digging in um, at, the, at the, the point of contact, which is your negotiations with these companies and, you know, back up how you 
can make a statement saying we we bought cheap, we bought we're the best value here, right? So, but look, conversation for another day. I'm sure we'll have you back on and we we can pick up on some of these things in the future. I, I want to because there's only so much time. Let me touch on a key point okay, there because you're it. asking a, you're asking a question that that's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody says we bought it the cheapest, right? EMX's differentiating factor, what makes us unique, is that the bulk of our royalties were grown organically. That puts us in a situation where we don't have to buy the next royalty. We can sit back and say yes, no, bid, lose, not feel bad about it. I don't have to buy royalties in order to survive, in order to grow the portfolio. We're going to grow this portfolio organically. That puts our ear on the railroad tracks around the world uh, within the various mining trains where we can pick off opportunities that we see to augment the royalties we grow organically through royalty purchase. And there's a number of small ones, not so small ones that we paid small amount of money for uh, that uh, have done a nice job of augmenting that, uh, you know, uh, $200,000 for the Timok royalty. Great example. How about $250,000 for the royalty on Kaokua, which just put out the thickest, highest grade interval they've ever drilled. And that is turning into a fat platinum, we'll platinum get gold, we'll get copper, there. nickel. We'll get there. We will get there. I want to. I've got a stack of questions, pages. Uh, we'll get there. Um, it, right. Okay. So, so I hear, I hear what you're saying there, but you know, it, it also comes back to that point of pace. I mentioned, there's a word I mentioned earlier, the pace of this organic growth, the perception again, the market is like, you know, you, you're, it's a very frothy market, uh, royalty and streaming at the moment, right? You've got a couple of, you've got a big new entrant who's going around making offers to everyone and anyone, hostile and otherwise. Um, and they don't seem to care about buy, <laughs> buying cheap or buying the, buying the best. They just want scale. Right. And then people are rewarding them for that. They're 600 million market cap company, like out of, out of the gate. It's, it's, it's from that perspective. And interesting, right? There's a perception, but uh, you know, t- time will tell whether or not that they will continue to be rewarded. That's a, that's another discussion. But for you sitting in this arena, this ecosystem where you're talking organic growth versus what you've done just for Christmas with these, these, you know, big acquisitions and the, and the projects we're talking about, um, you, you've either got to say, well, I'll tell you what, that has brought a whole new set of eyeballs on us. They do appreciate the value at which we, um, are attributing to this and um, should be given to this. We'll go and do some more of that. Or you sit back and go, I don't need to move quickly because I've got, I've got the help from the prospect generating um, side of things and the, the staking your own packages and the organic growth and the, you can, you're offloading bits and pieces here and there. You can move at your own pace, but in, in, in a way, can you afford to do that? Now you've entered kind of, please take us the right way, so big boy territory where it being, you know, quite hefty acquisitions at the end of last year versus the sit back way. So how do you play that? Well, we're never sitting back. All the things we do require our keen attention, first of all. But I'm, I'm, I mean things. perception though. You know, people just, but you didn't yeah. do much for a long term because you didn't yeah. have to, right? I'm talking perception there. And perception is reality most of the time. So mm-hmm. I know you're busy under the, you know, furiously pedaling away under, 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 with the feet underwater, but h- how do you move it forward on the surface? What are people going to be seeing more of from you? Yeah, so so I, 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 I get the, the vein of where you're headed here. And uh, certainly a lot of folks in our sector are very keyed in on deal flow cadence and on having those splashy deals that help drive shareholder interest. And to, to much extent that works. And you've heard me talk before about how we're a value player in a momentum business. 
and the momentum players are, are, are playing the momentum game and gold royalty is doing a good job of that right now. This is exactly what they do. And it's exactly not what we do. The uh, all, all we're really concerned about is a student allocation of capital. And if that cadence happens fast, then it happens fast. If it happens slow, it happens slow. Our job is to allocate our capital astutely, manage the capital side of our business astutely, so we get the most bang for the buck that we expend across our portfolio. And even though, I've heard you say this before, even though the market yawns at our organic growth, uh, long-term, I would, I would vehemently say that that is the most astute allocation of capital that we do. And if we can augment that by pouring fuel on the fire, by making a few acquisitions along the way, and sometimes big ones happen, sometimes small ones happen, sometimes they happen in quick succession, sometimes they don't happen for a while, that, that's, that's all fortuitous. What, what's important to us is that it's a student allocation of capital as we build this portfolio. Okay, and, and, and that's fine, but you gotta be clear with um, investors and say, this is the type of investment this is. It's, it's not necessarily, I hate that phrase, get rich slow, but it, it's, it's something like that. It's, there's a certainty mm -hmm. to it, but it's a, it's a gentle mm -hmm. curve. No hockey sticks here, no 10 baggers here overnight, but we will, mm -hmm. we will get there with some good solid uh, allocation of capital and the returns are there. Uh, th that, th you know, th that, we have done it and we'll continue to do it. Right. Okay. But, but people need to know that, you know, don't say, you know, you don't bet the house on it. What you say is part of your portfolio should have something like this because it's good allocation of capital, right? That's the message. Large part of my portfolio is. Well, I bet. <laughs> I bet. Right. Uh, let, let's just, just kind of finish up on a couple of little things. I do want to move on to other, other topics here, which is, uh, yeah. so very quickly, so I should have asked this earlier, Serbia, obviously, in our uh, starting the process of uh, arbitration, six, 12 months, whatever, whatever that ends up looking like, there's nothing slowing up the operations. There's no uh, hindrance to uh, things happening on the ground. They will crack on and whatever comes out of the arbitration comes out of the arbitration. It's not a case of you've said down tools until we yes. sort this out, right? Business as usual. Yes. Got it. Yes. Fine. Cool. Can we talk money? Because you just blew uh, the, the blew the whole lot uh, before Christmas, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, and you're sitting on you kind of got used to having a lot of money uh, in, in a bank, and you've gone and spent it wisely, right? You tell me. Thank so, you. you need facilities in place. I I, I see a credit facility with uh, Sprott, but yes. what else is coming down the line? Especially especially now, Rick's left left Sprott. We you know no need to hang out with that, him anymore, is there? <laughs> we actually see more of Rick now that he's uh, quote unquote retired. Good, good. Right. I hope so. I hope so. So, so what are you what are you doing about the financings? Finances? Yeah, uh, we will uh, right now. The um, the note that we have has a July thirty first balloon on it. Mm. We will extend that note. Um, it's expensive. Fraud or somebody it's expensive, else and refinance though. that. It's expensive. Why why not just why not get so, another facility so in place? It's, so expensive is relative to where a company is at. If a company has substantial cash flow, then they're able to get a senior note from a major bank um, uh, and, and have a lower cost of capital, lower coupon rate. Coupon rates around 4%, uh, which would be a fabulous number. Right now, this is a coupon rate of 7%. And of course, there's always the, the points to, to initiate the loan. The um, uh, uh, part, of, and this is a key component with respect to the strategy here, uh, part of the strategy of paying up to buy uh, current cash flow will enable us to reach the point 
where we have that recurring positive cash flow from production royalties that will enable us to have that cheaper cost of capital in the future. And that's the that's a key component to why we're doing this in the direction that we're headed. So we do not believe this is expensive capital relative to where EMX is at with regards to our growth strategy, because we do not have that recurring positive cash flow yet that enables that cheap uh, uh, borrowing of money, right? And and so we're getting there. And we're actually quite pleased with the deal that Sprott gave us on this loan. And it does help get us to the next level to achieve that lower cost of capital in the future. And that's all part of, of what we're doing here. The uh, um, We will extend or refinance uh, the note that we have on the books. Uh, we do not plan on doing a financing at this share price. We're pleased with the one that we did. And that gave us some nice uh, comfort to, to continue to fund our business. Um, and we, if we chose to, we could pay down the debt a little bit to, with, with the monies that we raised. We do see opportunity to allocate capital astutely right now in some interesting um, um, places in the world that I can't talk about yet, of course, but, but we do see that opportunity in front of us. And that's, uh, that's, that summarizes where we're at. Right. Okay. Um, and where are you with cash at the moment? What is your cash? I know you've got a credit facility, but where are you with actual cash where you're having to draw down regularly? So um, we are right at uh, 15 million USD in cash and about that in tradable securities and long-term uh, investments as well. Uh, and then we have about 44 million USD in debt to Sprott and then a vendor take back note for the VAT on the SSR deal of about seven and a half million dollars. Right, okay. And that's with VTB, is that right? A VTB note, right? Yeah. Um, vendor take back note, yeah, that's Yeah, take back note, that's right. Um, and and, and what's the timing? Because you said it was about seven and a half million was, when do, you, when do you get rid of the? I mean, do you get rid of these things? Because you've got to be quite cute at, in this space, right? As you say, you know, you know where you sit at the moment, and so yeah. So the vendor take back note. Um, uh, well, first of all, the V that's for VAT. Right. That VAT we collect um, as production from Balia and production from Gedik Tepe come in. Unfortunately, it is denominated in Turkish lira. So we probably just because the Turkish lira has been devaluating, we'll probably lose a little bit of money on that. Uh, it's not, you know, it, it is what it is. You have to value VAT in local currency. So, so there's no way around that. Um, and, uh, but we will, we do expect to receive that VAT back within three, four years uh, um, based upon production rates off those mines. And, and, um, and then everything else is dominated in USD, of course. Right. Okay. And obviously, um, You've had a, had a relationship with Spartan, the, the facility there, which, which is great, but you're also on the NYSE. And, um, are there American companies looking at you now? Have you reached a, a size which is interesting yet? Because you know what I mean? You, you, people, they, they, they expect you to be over a certain size. They expect your, your shares to be over a certain value, and you kind of get access to different types of um, facilities. Yep. So are those conversations which are going on at the moment, or is this just another kind of Canadian finance I feel story? I feel a lot of phone calls from the big banks, CIBC, Scotiabank, uh, BMO. Everybody wants to know where EMX is headed. And we look forward to, to developing new capital relationships uh, and capital partnerships in the future. Uh, right now, we're very pleased with the capital partner we have at Sprott. Okay. 
Um, okay, so should we, should we, should we, let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, I wouldn't mind sort of the ment- mentality because I, I, I used the word ambition earlier and I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to understand that, um, having been through what you've been through and having seen the market reaction and having seen, you know, a little, little bit of discounting going on, people concerned about what's going on in Serbia, et cetera. Did you kind of prefer it the way it used to be? Say that again. Do you, do you prefer things the way they used to be? It was a little bit less pressure than, um, you know, coming in with these kind of these bigger projects with this, you know, sp- spending vast We're delighted money. with where we are today. Right. Okay. We're so are we going to get more of the same? Very, 2022 is going to be a very exciting year for us with initiation of strong cash flows coming from, from Balia, coming from Timuk at whatever the royalty rate turns out to be. Um, and um, I'm confident that will be 0.5% or very close. And uh, then very importantly, Gedek Tepe, which is a cash cow for the first few years from the 10% royalty on the oxide zone there. They've already poured their first Doré. We start getting royalties after 10,000 ounces have been poured, uh, which is forthcoming in the next couple of months. So really excited about that. And of course, the Casseroni's mine's already paying us. Um, these are all very important events. 2022 is going to be a big year for us. We don't regret any of these decisions, if that's what you're insinuating. Um, I'm happy to be in the hot seat, and and uh, you know this this is uh, um, um, we're we're going to we're going down the path that we want to be going down, and that's becoming a bigger company. So Gatep, so Gatetepe, Turkish, gonna be ten percent royalty on that. How on earth does the yep. company make money? At those levels. <laughs> so just so you understand how that came to be, it's always good to know the history of these things. Um, when, when the predecessor to SSR sold that asset, um, they, they part of the sales price for their 50%, I believe it was 50% equity that they had in that mine, uh, rather than cash payments, they just said, well, we'll take a large royalty on the highly profitable upper oxide gold and silver enriched zone as a mechanism for paying for the project. So it was, it was negotiated as part of the purchase price when Lydia consolidated 100% ownership. That's how that came to be. And it was already at that point in time understood that the economics of the upper oxide zone were excellent and could support a 10% royalty. And they decided that that's a convenient way to pay for the deposit. And then we have stepped into SSR shoes by buying that royalty position. So now we will be paid for that deposit. And so that's fantastic, immediate cash flow. And the beautiful thing is that uh, they continue to explore for more oxide. Uh, and uh, another great thing is that you know we have a 2% royalty once they get into the polymetallic sulfide zone. Are you expecting a, a phone call saying we need to renegotiate this? No, no, okay. not. And we have good communications with Lydia. Uh, we just recently visited site, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, 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 saw, I saw the article. Um, yeah, they they gave you they gave you a detailed update on that. Um, Good company. And, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, a great company, absolutely a great company. Um, right, okay. Should we should we talk about um, some of the other near term? Because I mentioned I mentioned these sort of near term revenue components to this, and you know, obviously, we need yeah. to guess define what near term looks like. So we talked about some of the big, bigger projects. You, you mentioned um, Kawakawa. You want to talk about it in Finland. I've just come back from Finland, and we've interviewed a few Finnish companies actually uh, last week as well. So it, it, it's a good place to do business. But what what are you seeing there? Well, Palladium One is doing a fantastic job. 
They are. They're at Kaokua, their flagship property. They continue to chase the igneous stratigraphy. These are layered mafic intrusions with uh, um, beds, if you will, igneous beds of, of enriched metal horizons, palladium, platinum, gold, copper, nickel, commodities that we love. And they continue to step out and chase the uh, geophysical anomalies, which identify those metal enriched zones. And uh, um, uh, the last drill holes they announced were the best drill holes ever. Um, and we're just delighted as royalty holders to be exposed to that. This is turning into a significant metal endowed project. This uh, will almost certainly be a mine, uh, the timing of which I do not know. And this is a great example of, of, uh, of you know, royalty discovery optionality at no cost to us. The project's being worked, substantial amount of money is being spent, and uh, the amount of endowment is increasing all to our benefit. Um, when it comes to actually saying, well, when are we going to see the checks rolling in? That's one of the interesting aspects of this is it could be still a long time, several years away. Well, I think so. What are they, what are they a 50 million market cap um, company? I think they want to be doing more drilling this week. But as I said, yep. the results came out recently, you know, higher grade um, and they've got a plan. So I think there's yeah. something to look forward to for, uh, for sure. Um, so, so yeah. just in, in terms of kind of, pro, I don't want to go through the whole portfolio because it, it could be exhaustive. And I think we've taken up a lot of your time today. Maybe it's one to come back and, and discuss. But in terms of uh, maybe we go on to a little bit of guidance in terms of what have you or will you be issuing guidance in terms of revenue flow coming through? Mm -hmm. Because again, it's a, again, how your peers mm -hmm. measure themselves and we want to get a sense of how we measure you in the market. So any guidance coming up soon? Yeah, so our, our CFO, Doug Reed, is, is working diligently on developing a five-year model from the existing assets. And we do, do hope to be in a position where we can give annual, if not quarterly guidance to the market um, there's a couple of, of, of key things that need to be completed. We need to get our, our shelf filing done. We need to have the technical reports up to date so that uh, these aspects of guidance that we give are fully legal and covered by the technical reports. Okay. I, I think that that would be um, good news indeed um, for everyone. And I think in the context of I've taken up a lot of your time already and I've got maybe another three pace of questions, <laughs> I would ask perhaps – you can come on relatively soon, and maybe we can cover off, you know, a few more of these. Maybe drilling and getting, you know, getting into the weeds a bit and drilling down to some of these other, yeah. um, the rest of the portfolio. That might make sense. Are you up for that? I am absolutely. There's nothing I enjoy more than answering your hard questions. You're a star, sir. Well, like we will, uh, Dave. Uh, thank I'm you. Delighted to very much. Thank you very much for today. Glad you had a great Christmas. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this thing evolves and, uh, and develops for sure. We'll see you soon. Happy New Year. Thank you.